Where's your hope today? It's in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to, before we, we start, I know we just had, had prayer, but I, I want to say a very special prayer uh, today for uh, Brother Randy Vault. Uh, Brother Randy had had uh, a hip replacement. Uh, years went by, it messed up. They had to take it out, put a temporary in. Uh, it's been about almost two years now. It seems like a year that it's been infected and just it's just been a mess. And so they took him to Dallas this past week. Uh, of course, the doctor immediately put him in the hospital, and he's having surgery tomorrow or Tuesday. Not sure. I'm gonna try to find out today. Um, anyway, uh, I, I want to just say a special prayer because the doctor said now that it looks like his bone may be cracked. Uh, because of that temporary and just, uh, we need a miracle. But how many knows who does miracles? Amen. Amen. And so he needs to get back on his feet. And so let's just pray for uh, wisdom. Let's pray for a supernatural intervention uh, just, just for him. If this was you, uh, you would want your church family to pray. Amen. So let's just pray. Pray like it was you. Uh, needing this prayer. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, we lift up Brother Randy. Father, I just ask you for a sovereign move of God today in that hospital room, right there in Medical City. Holy Spirit, go into that room and you begin to move in that hip. Lord, you just clear out that joint, remove all infection. Father, give the doctors wisdom. We thank you, Lord, whenever they do this surgery, let it be a perfect success. We're asking you, Lord, just to uh, let this get fixed. Get him back on his feet and strong. And touch Sister Deanne. Lord, strengthen her body. We pray, Lord, that you would just bring them through this. Lord, with a great testimony in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. Uh, did, did you know that God is good? All the time. Do you believe God is in control of all things? Did you know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord? Okay. So let's just talk for a moment about what's happening in our country. It's not what my message is about, but we can apply it to that. But because this is such a big issue, and uh, we're not, we don't talk much politics in the church, uh, but we talk, we lift up Jesus. Amen? But this is something that affects everyone, okay? So, today, half is happy, half is sad. If it goes the other way, the other half will be happy and the other half will be sad. Forever, there's always been a winner and a loser. One, one party takes over, the other party's out for a while. It goes back and forth. It's politics. It's how it works. Right now, things are, America is so divided. But we're not going to let that in the church. Now, it gets in the church, and it gets in some churches, but we're not going to let it in the Lord's house. We are a family united. We are a multicultural church that loves everybody. And so, if you're happy today, I'm glad you're happy. If you're sad today, I'm sorry you're sad, but God is still in control. But just let me share a few things with you because I, I don't want you 
uh, to, to lose hope. Let me just tell you how things work. Okay? Just because... Now, if you voted for, for, for President Biden and Kamala Harris, you're happy today. If you voted for Trump, you're not happy. But there has been no winner yet. The media has declared a winner. There's parties, there's dancing, there's all that. If in the end, President Biden is elected, what will we do? We will pray for President Biden. And then we're going to have church. And we're going to lift up Jesus. And we're going to feed the hungry. And we're going to bless the poor. And we're going to love one another. If somebody said, well, but what about all this? this somebody was asking me today, what about all this voter fraud? And what about all this? And what about that? I don't know. But what have we been praying, fasting all of September, October? We've been praying and saying, Lord, everything that's done in darkness, bring it to light. So, if things were done wrong and they come to light and things change... Things are going to flip-flop from the way they are today. And that's going to make half the people sad and half the people happy. We just sang a song a while ago that said, My hope is in you. See, our hope is in Jesus. It's not in a president. So, there's a lot of stuff going on in the political world. And guess what? I don't understand a lot of it. I don't know. I do know there has been a lot of prophecies. There's been a lot of dreams. There's been a lot of things that haven't come to pass yet. And they still may. The party in the street could turn to writing in the street. What is our prayer? Is that there's peace in America. That's not what we want. We don't want to see our country divided and tore up. If things were done wrong, we want it to be done right. But if in the end, because here's how it happens. After everything is settled, after if there's something done wrong, it comes out, they'll figure it out. If they figure out there wasn't anything done wrong, in the end, each state will certify their electoral votes. Then they will... Give them. And then that will declare a winner. So that has not happened yet. So even though there's a lot of celebration, America is in limbo. And that's not a good place to be. Okay? And so as a church, as a united church, as a family, uh, as, as people uh, that are on, on, on both sides... We are going to come together. We're going to pray. And we've said it over and over and over. I'm not praying my will be done. I'm praying God's will be done. Because God is. Do you believe God is in control? Then whoever in the end. Is certified. And declared the winner. We will Pray for them. We will pray for those that have rule. We'll pray they make good decisions. But guess what? We're still going to get up and go to work every day. We're still going to feed our kids. We're still going to love each other. We're still going to have church. We're still going to meet the needs of our community. Amen? So, 
I wish I could stand up here today and tell you, thus saith the Lord. The Lord spoke to me personally said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I can't tell you that. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I just don't think it's over yet. So I've been telling you this for months now. I think, as Americans and as a church, I think we are to be prepared for whatever. I've been telling you for months, you need to get ready. Uh, you need to get some extra groceries. You need to get some extra toilet paper. You need to get a little stockpile. Why? Winter's coming. How many's ever had a tree fall on your electric lines and you've been out of power? How many knows a tornado's come through Texas? How many? Listen, I don't know what's going to... I just think we are to be a little prepared for whatever comes. But if things shift, if things get ugly, if, if whatever happens, guess what? Wouldn't it be better to be prepared than to be caught unprepared? And let's get ready for Jesus to come. Because you do not want to be caught unprepared when Jesus comes. And I tell you, we're closer now than we've ever been. Listen, this world has to get in a position and a place just like the Bible says it for all of that to happen. And that's not what we're talking about today. But I'm telling you, whatever happens, God is still in control. But church, I'm asking you, let's don't stop praying now. The soul of the nation really is at stake. And we need to pray for God's will to be done. And you know what? Whatever side you're on, you should want truth to prevail. We, in, in America, we want there to be honest election. We're not like other nations that just do whatever they want to do. We are a democracy. And so we should, as Americans, want things to be done right. And we want to have confidence. And then whoever is declared the winner... We're going to pray for, we're going to support, and uh, we're going to come together and love each other. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So today, are are you a little anxious? Are you a little uh, worried? Uh, Are are you worried about, uh, somebody was telling me, oh, 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 I'm I'm just so worried because, and and both sides think that if if, if this happens, then we're we're doomed. And if this happens, we're doomed. And can can I tell you today, don't be anxious. Did you know what anxiousness will get you? Let, let me tell you uh, what people worry about and uh, your percentage of what you're worrying about. Okay, 40% of people have anxiety based on things that will never happen. Now, man, I don't want to stress over something that's never going to happen. of people stress and have anxiety about things in the past that can't be changed. 12% have anxiety about criticism from others that's untrue. Somebody said something about me. It's not true, but I'm still stressing over it. 10% of people have anxiety over health issues... And anxiety makes your health worse. 8%. Everybody say 8%. Have anxiety over real problems that they're facing. So, 
Let's focus on the 8%. These are real issues. Because that other stuff, half the stuff, 40% of the stuff you're worried about is never going to happen. Some of you are worried about a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it's not happening. I, I've heard some of the craziest things. It's not going to happen. Stop stressing and worrying over stuff that's not going to happen. But let's, let's, let's today, let's deal with the 8% of real issues, real problems, real things in this world. In this world, we will have tribulations. We do have issues. There are things. And, and of that 8%, I'm just here to tell you, God is in control of that 8%. You see, anxiety, it, how many has ever seen uh, water uh, make, its, uh, make its way? You have a big rain, comes through your yard, washes, and you go out there, and there's little channels. Water finds channels, and then as it begins to run, it runs a deeper and a deeper and a deeper. How many has ever seen the Grand Canyon? That water just keeps on rushing through there and keeps on going. And guess what? It just it keeps getting deeper and deeper. It's just, I mean, it, it, water is a powerful thing. Anxiety, fear, worry does the same thing in your mind. It makes a channel. And then if you're not careful, everything else in your life will flow through that channel. So now then, everything that you think, hear, uh, believe, now runs through that channel of fear. Where anxiety is, faith stops. But where faith is, fear has to go. Stress has to go. Worry has to go. When you truly are able to put things in God's hands and say, God, I believe that you are bigger than my problem. You are able. David stood before Goliath. He was bigger. He was stronger. But David said, I know in whom I've believed. I have been victorious in little things. He's declared he'll make me ruler over much. He put his faith in God and God brought the victory. It's not about how big you are, how strong you are, how smart you are, how much money you have in your own self. You will fail. But when you put yourself in God's hands, God never fails. God is in absolute. Everybody say absolute. Control. He's not just in control. He is absolutely, absolute, without wavering, without doubt, without changing. Listen, things, you listen to the news, things change by the minute. Don't get wrapped up in it. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in Facebook. Uh, the, the, the fears and the worry. Don't get in your fight. Be careful. Stop. Don't be making rash statements. Don't Listen, let's speak faith. Don't allow doubt, fear, and unbelief to come out of your mouth. Don't curse your life, amen, by what comes out of your mouth. Don't curse your family. Don't curse your finances. Don't curse your health. 
I was speaking to a, a, a gentleman this week. And I was sharing with him about another friend of mine that has a particular issue. And he said, I, I, I know I'm going to get that someday. I'm going to get it. I just know I am. I'm gonna, I was just like backing away from him. I'm not, I don't receive that. I don't care what, who's had what, or who had this, or who has that, or how many has it. I declare, I'm not getting it. He said, but pastor, what if you get it? God is in control. And I'm not going to fear if I get it. Because I know God is in control. Because if you believe that God, amen, is sovereign and God, amen, has made a way and God has a plan from the very foundation of the earth and nothing surprises God, amen, you'll stop acting so surprised all the time when things happen. You see, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Stop thinking and believing amen, that God's out to get you, to kill you, to harm you, to put sickness on you. Amen. That's not the kind of God we serve. He has plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. But what the devil wants to do is cut your future short. What the devil wants to do is take your hope. What the devil wants to do is take the plans God had for you and mess them up. But can I tell you, even the devil can't mess up the plans of God. Amen. What the devil means for bad, God works for good. And what we think is the devil is really just the Lord doing His work. God is always in absolute control. Even when we fail. People say, well, I failed. I sinned. I made a mistake. I messed up God's plan. I can't, now I can't get there from here. Can I tell you something? Hey, Amen. It's just like a GPS. No matter where you're at. If you're on the mountain or in the valley. If you're up, you're down, you're rich, you're poor. Hey, Amen. If everything is fine or everything has gone to pot. Hey, Amen. That thing. Hey, Amen. It's just like God's will and God's plan. It'll just recalculate even in your failure God can recalculate and still get you to where he wants you to go now is it better that we don't absolutely it's better that we stay on the path it's better amen that we we can we'll get there faster but don't let the devil tell you just because you took a detour, just because you made a mistake, just because you failed, just because you quit and gave up, just because you said, I'm not going to do that. That's what Jonah said. And then he changed his mind. Now, I don't think you want to go that route, do you? Do you want something to swallow you? You want to be three days in... The belly, do you want to have to endure all that and then get vomited up on dry land? But listen, if God says you're going to go, you're going to go. You might can delay it, but you're not going to change the purpose and the plan of God. Because God's in control. You see, Psalms 47, 8 says, God reigns over the nations. Do we believe that? Do we believe God reigns over the USA? Do we, believe, do we still believe in God we trust? Then why don't we stop trusting Him? 
stop, 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 stop believing all the stuff you hear on, on TV. Start getting get get in God's word. And say, God, what'd you say about it? You said you reign. God is seated on his holy throne. Can I tell you? There ain't no, and nobody uh, knocked him off his throne. Your failure, your mistake, your disobedience. Amen. You, you acted ugly. It did not got off the throne. He's still right there where he belongs. And he's got it under control. You, 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 you ever sit in your chair and your recliner when your kids are little and them on the floor playing or doing something. All of a sudden they didn't get their way and they fell in the floor and threw a fit. Did you fall out of your chair? Did you stop being the head of the house? Did you lose control? No. You just sat there and watched them. They, 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 they don't even know. They have no idea what's coming their way. I throw that fit. I had no idea what's coming my way. Till I saw that belt come off. Till I saw that switch come out. <laughs> then I knew what was headed my way. Mom and daddy were still in control even though I was out of control. Just because you're out of control don't mean God's out of control. He's seated on his throne. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. But when you try to fix it on your own, you make a mess of things. Just stop and say, God, you're in control. I trust you. I put this situation in your hands. I put my family in your hands. I put my money in your hands. I put my gifts and talents in your hands. I put it in your hands. And you make out of it what you want. Because you have bigger plans than I have. And your ways are better than my ways. You see, God uses people and situations... For our good. Do you believe that God raises up leaders and God puts them down? God, God, God gives promotion. It's God, and God does it for a reason. We don't always understand the reasons. But God will use people. Those working for you. And those working against you. There's some of you sitting right here today. The only reason that you're as successful as you are is because somebody said you couldn't do it. And you just made up your mind that you were going to show them you could do it. And you need to go back and tell them thank you. Because if they hadn't have said it, you'd have been lazy and wouldn't be where you're at today. God even uses people that do us wrong for our... That, believe that God fired me. Yeah, he fired you. Then you went off and started your own business and now you're successful or you could still be sitting there making minimum wage. He did you a favor. 
Listen, nothing happens when you're a child of God. When your life is hid with God in Christ. When you've made Jesus Lord of your life. And you said, not my will, but your will be done. Why don't we trust Him? Because we think that just because I've trusted Him now, nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. That's not what He promised. And if somebody promised that to you, I'm sorry. They lied. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean everything is rosy. There's still troubles and tribulations. We just have somebody walking with us. We've got somebody going before us, making the crooked places straight. We've got somebody that'll never leave us or forsake us. We've got somebody that's already got it all worked out. We're just not alone. Romans 8, 28 says, And when we know that in all things, everybody say, all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Everybody just say, Lord, I love you, so I believe everything's going to work out. See, people say all the time, it's going to work out in the end. How many's heard that? Well, if it hadn't worked out, it's not the end yet. You're still alive. So there's still hope. Keep on working. Keep on pushing. Keep on going forward. You see, listen, our future, your future, my future, America's future, amen, is going to be glorious. God's not not coming back after a weak, puny, sick church. He's coming back after a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back after a church that is strong. He's coming back after a church, amen, that's ready. And I'm telling you, amen, when everything goes your way, amen, you get complacent. But when things get ugly, amen, people start praying. And sometimes God allows things to happen just to get your attention. Just to get you to pray. The Bible says, he, God, God sees as a jealous God. You'll have no other God before me. People put sports, they put, uh, they put all this stuff before God. And now then, when they shut all that down, and people are just sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, now what am I going to do? When the cowboys, hey, I saw, I saw a thing this week, I should have I sent it to you. Yeah, the, the, it, it said cowboys uh, 14, by week 21. I mean, they even lost the bye week. Man. I was like, that's terrible. That's terrible. Even if the Cowboys win or lose, guess what? I'm still going to heaven. I didn't have no money on it anyway. I didn't lose a thing. <laughs> huh? There's people that'll lose their joy. They'll, they'll, they'll lose that. Listen, come on. Don't put your faith in things below. Put your faith in things above. Job chapter 8 verse 7. Your beginnings will seem humble, but prosperous your future will be. Come on. Somebody say, my way is going to be prosperous. Listen, stop looking at where you are today. Stop looking at your circumstances today. Start believing and knowing. Listen, where I'm at today is not where God will finish me. All through the race, there's a beginning. Amen. There's checkpoints. There, there, there's a midpoint. And there's a finish line. Come on, we're not to the finish line yet. 
Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, 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 don't just sit down on the side and, and you pout and get mad because somebody cut in front of you and cut you off or you tripped and fell. Get back up. Stay in the race because if you'll stay in the race, you'll finish. And we'll finish strong. Because God is with us. You see, God is in absolutely control. We see that. Listen, how many believes that you're a child of God? The Bible declares if we, if we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, I mean, we, we've been grafted in the vine. We're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. So, if God took care of Jesus, He's going to take care of me. Let's just, how, how, how did he take care of Jesus? See, you, you, some of you want to be like Jesus until you realize Jesus didn't have it so easy. You see, we, we want to be like the resurrected Jesus, but we don't want to be like the crucified Jesus. Come on, I want a resurrection without a death. I want healing without any stripes. Come on, I want peace without a crown of thorns. It don't happen. God was in complete control of everything about Jesus' life. Acts chapter 2 verse 23. This man, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined, predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to the cross. You see, Jesus said it. No man took my life. I gave it. It was God's purpose and his will for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent him for, for our savior but he sent him to die. It was God's plan. Not the devil's. You're thinking what you're going through today. You're thinking this cross experience. I mean, they're trying to kill me. This is the devil. No. It's God's plan to give you a resurrection. Revelation 13, 8 said, The lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. When God created this whole thing, He already had a plan. Nothing has caught God by surprise. You see, God's in control. And He has ordained it. He has planned it. And He knows the outcome of it. And He is going to make a way if we'll just be patient. Amen? I, I, I want you to think about how many times they tried to kill Jesus. For in His firstborn, they tried to kill Him. Herod tried to kill Him. He wanted Him dead. Killed all the babies. They tried to kill him there and there. They tried to kill him here in his hometown. They tried to throw him off a cliff and he just passed out of their midst. We stood right there. Joe, we stood, did we? We stood right there on that place. And they were trying. We looked over that valley, that cliff. They tried to throw him off. And he just walked right through their midst. We stood right there where that happened. I saw where he died. I saw the grave. And guess what? It was empty. He wasn't there. The angel said, Why are you searching for the living among the dead? We've got to stop looking for Jesus in the graveyard. Let's start looking for him in the sky. 
Because this same Jesus that you saw going away is coming back in like manner. And he said, when you see all this stuff that's happening in the world, look up. Stop looking down. Don't hold your head down. Look up. John 5, they did it to pull of Bethesda, uh, where he healed the cripple and the Jewish leaders. They sought to kill him. He was breaking the Sabbath. All these people, they tried and they want to do it. But guess what? None of them could do it because it wasn't their time. And then God set it up. Did you know your life's a set up? It's not a surprise. God's got it all planned. It was a setup. God used the, the, the chief priest and the scribe. He used the church. He used the preachers. He used religion of that day. And they didn't even do. Look here. It said, it said in Mark chapter 14. I'm going to just jump around. Uh, the Passover, the feast, unleavened bread. It was two days away. It was Wednesday. Uh, it was the will. See, they, they didn't. They said, we don't want to kill him now. I'm going to just I'm going to paraphrase. They said, we don't want to kill him now because uh, this will stir the people up. Uh, it, it'll mess everything up. This is not the time. But God sped up the timetable. See, God knew what he was doing. And so it, it happened. They, they said, we don't want to do it during the feast. But God's purpose was that it was during the feast of Passover. Why? Because he's the lamb that will take away the sins of the world. It was by their own confession. They said we don't want to do it during the feast. But then. God used the, the, the chief priest. He used the scribes. And then he used. Uh, Judas. To betray him. Somebody you thought. Somebody betrayed you. Man that's just the devil. Well. Probably. The devil instigated it. And the devil put it in his heart. But it was God's plan. And then God had a plan. You see, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a purpose and, a, and it was the way they did things. It was their, their tradition to anoint and to go through these ceremonies. But because of the way it happened, Jesus didn't get to be anointed like normal. But God used the woman with the alabaster box when Jesus was there at the Simon's house and she came in and she took her box and she broke it and she poured the oil on his feet. And they got all mad. Why, why do we do this? This is, this is not what's supposed to be done. Is it? it was God's plan. God anointed his body because he knew it wouldn't get to be done later. Isn't it amazing how God knows your future? And then God used Judas. And then God used the disciples. Mark chapter 14 it says, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb. And Jesus asked his disciples, or his disciples asked, hey, where do you want us to go to make preparations to eat the Passover? God started putting everything in orchestrating plans. Now, in the north, they celebrated on Thursday night. So Jesus got to celebrate Passover there with his friends. And then when they came down later on that Friday. When they arrested him and took him. And that, that's when the Judeans and all of them. They, they, they celebrated. Jesus got to celebrate. With his friends on that one day. And then the next day. He was the sacrifice. One day he celebrated the sacrifice. And the next day he was. 
the sacrifice. He became the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And we go, what a coincidence. Did you know nothing in Jesus' life was a coincidence? The way he died, how he died, when he died was orchestrated by God every moment. And then all of hell rejoiced. Until Jesus knocked on the door and walked in and stripped the enemy of The keys of death, hell, and the grave. And on the third day, he rose again. And then everybody said, Wow, God had a plan. And Jesus told the disciples, and and, and not necessarily in these words, but basically, I've been trying to tell you that for three and a half years. And you just couldn't get it. I told you I'd come back. I told you. But guess what? It's just, when you're going through it, it's hard to understand it. It's hard to realize this is God's plan. Why in the world is Jesus being beaten? Why in the world is he hanging on a cross? Why in the world? God, why would you allow this? And God said, so you could be saved. Without it, you're going to perish. I got a plan. My plan's for good. My plan's to prosper me. My plan's to give you hope. My plan is a good plan. I just don't always tell you about my plan. I give you bits and pieces. Can I tell you today? Your life is being orchestrated by God. Now, that doesn't mean that God's sitting up there going, Okay, you're going to do this, you're going to have this, you're going to have this. God sets things in order. And then just things happen. But God knows all about it. And he said, he's not going to, what he sent to prosper you, he's not going to let kill you. Amen? So many of you ladies, you've you've had babies. And man, you thought, you felt like he was going to kill you. But what did it do? It brought forth life. Sometimes you're in labor. Sometimes you feel the pain. Sometimes you're having to push through. But can I tell you, life is coming. The promise is coming. The baby's coming. And then when you see the baby, you forget the pain. You know how I know you forget the pain? Not because I've had one. Apparently you do. Because you did it again. And some of you did it again and again and again. So apparently, the joy is bigger than the pain. Otherwise, we'd never do it again. That, that's why men don't have babies. Every family be a one baby family. Because we, we can't handle that. One time we'd be done. We'd quit. You see, Jesus died in God's perfect timetable. God's plan. God's will. What looked like a devil's advantage was God's advantage. 
what looked like was God's uh, 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 denial. God turned away. God, why has God abandoned me? Why is this happening? I thought this was going to happen. That's the problem. You thought. The disciples thought. And we get it wrong sometimes. But God never gets it wrong. It was planned for Jesus to die. It was His plan to be buried. And it was God's plan to raise Him from the dead. Why? Because God is in absolute control. And God is in control of your life. He's in control of your marriage. He's in control of your children. He, when they're out of control, He's still in control. And that's why we pray. And that's why we give them to the Lord. And that's why when they're out of your hands, they're in His hands. And what better hands to be in. But aren't you glad God's hands are merciful? We look at people sometimes we think, why in the world can they get away with that for so long? Because God's hands are merciful. And God's hands are loving. And God's hands continue to reach out and try to bring people in. If they were in our hands, we would choke them to death. And it'd be over. That's why God's trying to get it out of your hands and get it in His hands. Because when it's in our hands, we mess it up. So today, do you want to keep your life in your hands? Or do you want to put it in God's hands? Do you, do, do you want to keep your marriage in your hands? Do you want to keep your finances in your hands? Do you want to keep your children in your hands? Do you want to keep the purpose that God has placed you here in your hands and you keep trying to work it out? Or today, are you willing to say, Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit? Jesus suffered, he was beaten, he went through all of his suffering, and when he paid the price, he looked up and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He gave himself to God, and when he gave himself to God, God gave his life back to him. Because, God, because Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll give your life, you'll save it. Today, God is in control. So, first of all, stop worrying about stuff that's never going to happen. Your anxiety level is going to drop all the way down to 8% if you'll just focus on stuff that's real issues. Okay? And now, we have real issues that we need to focus on. And then we pray about those and we put them in God's hands and we do what we can. But man, stop worrying. Some of you are so stressing over the past. You can't change it. Just ask God to forgive it. To cover it with His blood. And give it to Him. And then focus on your future. Focus on what you can do. Stop worrying about what you can't do. We always laugh about my son, Jacob. Uh, he, when he was in school, he was little. If he had a book to read, he would read a few pages and then look and see how many he had left. He, he, if he had math problems, he would do a couple of math problems and then count how many he had left. He was always so worried. 
And Amy would try to tell him, if you would just focus on this one and you would do each one. By the, I mean, if you keep counting what all you have left, you can already be finished. But he was so worried about what he had to do. And it stressed him. Haley stressed over wanting things so perfect. She would erase and erase and erase and erase. And rewrite it. it it's not just perfect. And none. Finally, Amy was, if you erase one more time, I'm going to spank you. <laughs> so many things we like to control in our life. And when we don't, when we're, we don't like to be out of control. But can I tell you today, putting your life in God's hands is not out of control. It's the most control you could ever have. Because you'll have more peace, more joy, more happiness, more fellowship with others. If you'll stop being so stressed about things you can't fix. I I hate to bust your bubble, but you're not God. But I know Him. Anybody know Him? Love Him? Know that He loves me? So today, God is in control. Who's in control of your life? Who's in control of your health? Who's in control of your finances? Who's in control of your family? Today, if you have been holding on, I'm going to ask you to let go. Let go. Stop trying to control everything and everybody and put them in God's hands and let God control it. And you know, Pastor Marcelo, you know who the first person I need to put in God's hands? Me. Me. You know what? If I can put myself in God's hands, it's easier to put other people In God's hands. God's got a better outcome for your life. Than you could ever orchestrate. Do you believe that? Well I guess we better pray. Because nobody believes it. I know you do. I'm going to ask everyone to sit today. (laughs) I thought I was going to ask you to stand, didn't you? I want you to sit. Because this is how you're relaxed. This is how I want you to be with God. I want you to get relaxed. I want you to sit back. I want you to take a deep breath and just breathe it out. I'm not in control anymore. Do y'all know what a relief that is? Did you know as a pastor, I used to get so stressed when I preached until I realized I'm not the one that saves anybody anyway. Why am I stressed about people getting saved? I'm not the Savior. I get so stressed and and worried about somebody getting healed until I realized I'm not the healer. I'm just the conduit. I'm just the one the anointing flows through. 
If I just believe, He'll do it. And that relieved a lot of stress for me in preaching. Because it's the outcome is up to Him. So today, right where you're sitting, you take your hands like this. Close them. Father, today, I'm holding my life. I'm holding my vision, my dream, my purpose. I'm holding my family. I'm holding my children. Holding my health. Lord, I'm holding on so tight. Because I want to work this out. i got to fix this. I'm holding on because I'm in control and I can do this and I want it to work out the way I want it to work out. I said I got this. But it's all messing up. It's out of control. I realize today I I, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all worked out. I, I don't know all the details. I don't know the plan. So God, today... I've earned, I learned and understood you're in control. And your plans are better than my plans. And so today, Lord, I've got to make a decision to give it to you. So, Father, all that I hold dear, I want to let go of. I I, I want to place it in your hands today. Now I want you, eyes closed, I, I want you just to imagine Jesus extending his nail scarred hands right in front of you. His hands are outstretched. He's saying, give me your life. Give me your sin. I'll forgive it. Give me your hurts and I'll heal it. Give me your pain and I'll relieve it. Give me your marriage and I'll fix it. Give me your future and I'll plan it. Give me your children and I'll lead them and guide them. and I'll get them where they need to go. Give it to me. But my mind's saying, but, 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 but. What's going to happen? How will it work? Well, that's what faith is. Faith, believing that His plan is bigger than your plan. His ways are higher than your ways. And that He loves you. That He's not going to do anything to harm you or to hurt you. today dear Lord I ask you to give me the strength to let go with Jesus' hands outstretched right in front of you and with you holding in your hand everything that is dear to your life all that you've been in control of I'm going to ask you on the count of three to open your hands 
And just put your hands in His. And give it to Him. One. Two. Three. Just open your hands. Now just stretch your hands right out and just place it in His hands. Those hands of love, those hands of mercy, those hands that were nailed to the cross for you. And now with our hands in His hands, would you pray with me, dear Lord Jesus? Today, I place my life in Your hands. I confess my sins and I put them in your hands. I put my failures in your hands. I put my habits and addictions in your hands. I put my future in your hands. Put my career in your hands. Put my marriage in your hands. Put my children in your hands. Today, I relinquish control and I give it to you. And I'm going to rest. I'm going to sit. I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I couldn't work it out, but you're going to work it out for good. Your ways are best. Now, with all the conviction, with all the truth that you can bring into your heart, I want you to say this with me. Lord, I trust you with all that I have. That's why I place it in your hands. I trust you. Help me to not try to take it back. Today I leave it with you. Knowing you'll take care of it. Now just pull your hands back. Just kind of cross them right there over your stomach. and just Doesn't that feel better? I, Brother Tim, why am I worried? He's got it. Guess what? I don't have it anymore. It's not weighing me down. I'm not stressing. Why? He's got it. Everybody say, He's got it. Come on. When you find yourself going from here to... No, I'm not taking that back, Lord. You're going to walk out of here, get in your car, and the devil's going to... Oh, you better take that back. You better... You, you, what are you going to do if you don't worry about that? Come on, just look at the devil and say, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Aren't you glad? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Pastor, what about the election? He's got it. What about America? He's got it. What about the Lord's house? What about you? He's got me. He's all is well. All is well. Amen. First